Thank you, Violet. Uh, now we're going to transition to scripture reading. Uh, and we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of, of activities, and it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to, uh, for to no one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between the Spirits, to another variety, various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of God. Thanks, Yuvit. Good morning, Solano. Hello, my name is Miguel. If we haven't met, I, I know most of you in this room. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is our second week on the gifts, and uh, it's, I don't know about you, but it's very exciting for me. These are wonderful passages that uh, I've thought about for a long time, and I hope you have too, and, or if you've read them and you've been confused, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> um, but today we're going to cover these gifts. We're not going to be able to cover every single one, and um, and also, a lot of the gifts overlap. There's a limited amount of time that we have. So, um, But we do have, if you've seen in the lobby, we have resources, uh, a couple of great books to help you understand more thoroughly and in depth uh, what we can't cover today. And also, I invite you to practice with us in the, our Gospel Academy on Wednesday evenings. And just to get it out of the way, we're going to talk about, we're going to save prophecy, tongues, and interpretation for October 29th. So if you're hoping to hear about that today, you're going to have to wait a little longer. Um, so uh, one, one of the fun things that we're going to do today is hear testimonies of a few different people. And I hope that these will also fan your, your faith into flame and, and maybe encourage you and that God would spark uh, some activity and excitement and curiosity in you. So for those who, who missed last week, uh, we spent, this is our second week in this passage. Uh, we spent last week laying down the foundation uh, that the source of the spiritual gifts is the triune Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that these gifts should reflect the harmony and the unity of God. All of these gifts come from the same spirit, as it says, the same God, same Lord. And this week, we're going to focus on the gifts and their function and purpose. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah, we also said that, oh, excuse me, I lost my place here. 
the Corinthians, just like us, need to be reminded of that foundation in order to, for the, ki- the gifts to function as God intends them to. So the, 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 one of the purposes of these gifts is that we will experience God better and we will understand the Trinity a little better. Um, so uh, last week, I also laid down this kind of like meta idea for these two weeks. And if you could all just read it with me. Every individual believer is given ministries and activities that are activated and empowered by the triune God for our collective growth and unity. So would you pray with me today? Um, Yeah, Father, uh, Spirit, and Son, I just ask you to help us and help me today. Uh, We're going to talk about some uh, marvelous and amazing things. And uh, we ask that you'd give us tangible unity, Lord, uh, that we would set aside assumptions and examine your word very carefully. And we ask that you would open the eyes of our hearts uh, so that we might grow and marvel and be excited um, of how you can grow your body, God, that is us, and how you want us to be. And we pray that you'd restore and rebuild us through your word and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to dive right in because I'd love to spend as much time as we can. So the first get, uh, thing that we're going to talk about here is uh, 1 Corinthians twelve seven. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And I don't know about you, but that word manifestation is, seems like a tricky word, right? Um, but uh, another way to think about this is that it is a disclosure of the Spirit. It's like God kind of unveiling or taking the lid off of something that, pro- that wasn't there. So a manifestation just means a disclosure. Um, it is a disclosure that is advantageous and, and beneficial and useful. So um, again, a manifestation is not maybe like the, w- the way that our vernacular common language uses it, uses it but it's, it's God just revealing something, showing something. And in his wisdom, he wants to oftentimes make known something that we would not have known in our own power. And this is meant to be a, a, a helpful thing. So this is also an illumination or a revelation is called. Um, but as a safeguard, uh, and I think safeguards are really important when we talk about the gifts, uh, these things should always line up with the character of God as he's laid out in Scripture. And some of the testimonies that we'll hear today will attest to that. So the purpose of these disclosures, these manifestations of the Spirit, are for the best interest of those around and involved. Uh, A helpful way to think about them is that they are God-given tools for specific moments in order to accomplish God's purpose for growth and encouragement and to help people's faith and to help others walk in freedom of Christ. So I, I wrote this little... Oh, yeah, for specific moments, yeah, to help others, yeah, and encourage all. (laughs) Um, So this little quote, a few of you had questions about some of the quotes. This one's mine, and I'll try and share which ones are mine or not. But the the gifts are innately relational, and uh, the gifts, uh, this, this fits in with the triune God, right, the reality that it is Father, Son, and Spirit, and that they're dynamic. We're invited into that. So they're innately relational, but... 
Not only are the recipients, the final recipients of the gift, encouraged, but the ones through whom the gift is being shared also, be, uh, they become encouraged also. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, the purpose of the manifestation or the disclosure of the Spirit is for both the good of those who are receiving that and also for the ones uh, it is going through. Yeah. So, the, you know, you've heard this phrase, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. It's kind of like that. It's a wonderful thing. It's not just, you know, a gift that one receives for one time. And last week, uh, we read Luke 11 that talks about God as our Heavenly Father, knowing how to give good gifts. That is one thing that we should remember when we're talking about the gifts. So in verse 8, it says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Uh, I like this word utterance uh, in the ESV. It kind of um, traces back to like this passage in Romans where, as Violet quoted, you know, the Spirit helps us, helps us, right? He groans with groanings too deep for words. Um, but that word is actually just uh, logos. Um, so word or utterance is just the word logos, and, and that means word. Uh, so can everybody say log logos, logos? Yeah, it just means word. So utterance, it's a word from God, a spontaneous and fresh insight from God through a person for a specific recipient or for specific recipients. And Paul kind of lays out two different ways that this word uh, utterance can happen. He says the first one is a word of wisdom. And this might be more of an applicational kind of thing. Uh, and then the second one is uh, a word of knowledge. And this is maybe more informational or data, that kind of thing. So for the first one, it might be some kind of insight that God gives you for somebody uh, in order for them to deal with circumstances, or maybe it helps them weigh a choice that they're thinking about. But it could also be informational, or, you know, God maybe just wants to remind you that he sees you, right? He knows you. And so he might share something that that person that's receiving the word may not have known about you, but God knows about you. And that's a wonderful thing to know that God knows us. Um, there's a lot of overlap between these two, and it's, sometimes it's not necessarily easy to, to parse it out. But I think the goal is that we would be uh, open to these utterances. And um, yeah, God in his wisdom may want to share something for a specific time. And uh, instead of me talking about it, I would love to invite Jamie up. She's going to share a moment when this happened in her life. And so let's encourage Jamie uh, as she comes up here, thank you. This was very, this was very last minute, but I thank you so much, Jamie, for sharing. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's last minute, but this story is just a big part of our family lore, and so um, it's easy to tell. But um, when Paul and I uh, were going to church in San Jose, we just moved to San Jose, um, and we had been uh, working with crew at San Jose State for about a year. We were going to a church, um, it was about this size, and they would say, we're charismatic with a seatbelt. 
I liked what you said about guardrails, um, were charismatic with a seatbelt, and they would have a time in every service, it was about 10 minutes, where they would have a time for the gifts. Like, this is our time where they would pass around a microphone to whoever wanted it, and they would say, if you have a gift from the Spirit for the, to bless us, now's the time to use it. And then there'd be like a little quiet, and it was so thrilling. Paul and I had never been a part of a church like this, and we were just kind of like on the edge of our seat, like, what's God going to do? Like, this is so exciting. Um, And sometimes it was just people saying, like, I just sense this verse coming to my mind, and they would share it. And sometimes people would say, you know, I sense that someone's just lost their job, And God wants them to know that he is going to provide for them. And then like after the service, you would find out that somebody had just lost their job and they were freaking out. And they felt super encouraged by that, that God saw them. And that would happen like every week, something. I mean, something was small. And I, I, again, we had never been a part of a church that did this. And I always would pray. I'd be like, God, I've never heard anyone speak in tongues, and I would just love if you would give me the gift of interpretation if that happens, thanks. And it never did. Um, they, they had someone speak in tongues about four times, and we were always out of town, and somebody always interpreted, and it wasn't me. But that's okay. And so um, I just thought the gifts are, that stuff is for other people. Like I never felt like I should say anything. And, uh, but it was a really exciting time. And then one week, I was sitting there, and I just felt the, the verse, Zechariah 4.6, just very loud in my mind. Like, I could see it printed on my forehead. And I turned to Paul, and I was like, you know, I just keep thinking about Zechariah 4.6. And he was like, well, do you feel like you should say something? I was like, I don't know. And then the time ended. And so I was like, I guess I'm not going to say anything. And so we just kind of went on. It wasn't a big deal. But that week, um, we were getting in and out at the, we were in the drive-thru for in and out and we were in the drive-thru at in and out because Paul was needing comfort food because he was freaking out about how our ministry at crew was going. And he was dealing with a lot of anxiety. We had, we'd been there for a year, right? And he's the director and we had made some changes and it had gone from like a hundred person, like spiritual movement to like 20 students. And we're just, I mean, maybe it wasn't 20. I don't know. It was just, it had like kind of been hard. And we didn't know what God was going to do. And, oh, you know, and Paul just felt that so strongly. And we're in the drive-thru. He's driving. And he just is like, just so anxious. And just feeling like all this pressure. And he's like, Jamie, just, what, what was that verse? What was that verse? Can you just look up the verse? Look it up. Look it up. And I get on my phone. Zachary, you totally do this all the time. <laughs> just, 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 um, don't deny it. Um, I got on my phone and I, and I read it and it, we're, we're still in line at In-N-Out and it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit says the Lord. And I swear to you, I felt the anxiety just like ripple off of Paul. And I felt this like peace in our car. And I don't think Paul has ever struggled with ministry anxiety like he did in that season. I don't I have not heard him get like so consumed with like, oh, numbers are low. Like I've never heard him like freak out about that 
in the same way since that moment. I felt like it was this orientation of his faith in God, his perspective, his focus. Like we would come back to that verse often and, and we would say, yeah, remember, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I think we always saw that any success we ever had in ministry was going to be by God's spirit. And it wasn't going to be about us. And it wasn't going to be about how hard we worked or our great ideas. But those things were really important, but it was going to be by his spirit. And so, um, you know, I thought the spiritual gifts just weren't for, for me. And I'm so thankful that God gave me that, you know, honestly, like one moment. I don't think that's ever happened to me before or since. But I'm really thankful. And so I think the gift that gives, keeps on giving is that every time I've shared that story, is, it encourages people. And I'm like, oh, that's so great. It keeps giving. So, yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that from Paul. I think you mentioned it one time here, or maybe it was in the podcast that you guys had done. But I thought that, that was an amazing thing that I wanted to share. And it's like, we can, we can theologize and informationalize a lot of these things. But then when it actually happens, you know, it's like, that's the testimony and the power of God in, in that. So um, thank you so much. Uh, I, 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 like Jamie was informed about this like on Thursday, I think. So <laughs> um, thank you, Jamie. Um, yeah, the word of wisdom or knowledge. So uh, let's, keep, let's keep moving on through these gifts. Uh, verse 9. Oh, I, I, before we read verse 9, it's just, yeah, I think... For me, what I'm getting from that is the intentionality of, this, of the church that you were part of, that they made space for God to move in those ways. And that was uh, something that I would love to explore for us in our church and how we might do that. So verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing, sorry, gifts of healing by the one spirit. So this word faith is, uh, is pistis. It's different from the faith that all believers have when they come to know Jesus. Uh, everybody has faith when they come to Christ. But it is a little bit different. This is a divine enabling to know and trust that Christ will accomplish his purpose during times of struggle and unknown variables in the future. So the divine enabling to know and trust that Christ will, will accomplish his purpose during times of struggle and unknown variables in the future. And uh, to illustrate this, I've had the privilege of being in an Emmaus group with a lot of different wonderful men. Uh, and this is one of them. This is Dave Monk. He's not here. Uh, but how many of you know Dave Monk? Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Um, I asked if I could share about this, uh, and I believe that Dave has often shown the gift of faith. And I remember him personally ministering to me and sharing his gift in times of crisis where I or my family, Olesi and I, have had difficult times. Uh, Dave is notorious for calling people on the fly, uh, people who God puts on his heart. He'll be driving or he'll be in another state, and he'll call me, I'll, I'll hear my phone buzzing. It's like, oh, Dave Monk. And then sometimes I can't always pick up, so sorry, Dave. Uh, but, but when I do pick up, I'm like, man, great timing, Dave. He's like, hey, how's it going? I was thinking about this. And it's like, wow, Dave, uh, 
you know, this gift of faith is really encouraging that he would reach out in that appropriate time. And when I receive that from him, I get this sense of reassurance from God that things are going to be okay, that God is going to see me through this tough circumstance. And uh, if we think about this gift as a manifestation or disclosure of the Spirit, uh, we can think of it as like a temporal thing, right? Like Dave, in that moment, was he had this impression to call me. But uh, if those things happen often, like they do for Dave, um, they can create a strong framework and a strong mindset and even a way of life. And so what Dave told me about faith is, uh, he, said, he said this, I interpret the world and the events in light of my faith in God. I don't interpret God in light of the world's events. So here's, here's somebody who's, who's, who's exercised this gift enough to, to create this way of life, to create a mindset, a, a, a guiding uh, framework for him. And I think that that's a really uh, wonderful thing also. Uh, the next gift that we're going to talk about is the gifts of healing. So it says in uh, verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit, which we just talked about, to another gifts of healing. This one is, uh, woo, this one's going to be great. Um, so th- specifically, Paul in, in this passage says it's a plural, it's gifts. It's not one gift of healing, it's gifts of, of healing. And so Paul kind of leaves it open to there be, being even various kinds of healing. So I would venture to say um, that these, these kinds of healing are not limited to, but it would include, you know, physical healing, psychological healing, emotional, and spiritual healing. So uh, this gift is God's supernatural ability to miraculously heal the sick, the hurting, or the suffering. And uh, I got permission from another person. I love testimonies because they kind of put all this in in real time. Uh, this guy named Jeff Foot, uh, the guy on, to my left in that, is it right? To my right. Yeah. I'm dyslexic. No, I'm not dyslexic. Um, but this person, he's a uh, pastor in this church in Colorado, a beautiful uh, state. Uh, it, it's a church called Grace Longmont. They're part of the EFCA, uh, which is the same denomination that we're a part of. And uh, I, I heard him share this testimony in person. There's also a recording of him sharing this testimony uh, on a podcast that I could share with you if you'd like that. Uh, he said, while in a time of prayerful listening with others, that God helped him understand that he had believed a specific lie his whole life. And that lie was, if I'm not responsible, people get hurt. That was the lie and the thing that he was living constantly under. He was living under this guilt and this unhealthy weight of being responsible for others. And that's a common thing, right, for people who are, you know, in pastoral ministry. And even though he was a Christian for a long time, even though he intellectually knew the verses that mentioned laying down your burdens at the feet of Jesus, even though he was not outwardly self-proclaimed controlling or micromanaging, even though he was a part of a quote-unquote successful church, God wanted to do a deeper work of healing for him. 
So in this time of prayer, he felt a change in his heart. And to use his own words, he said this, in that moment, I finally had words for what my soul had been struggling with for 43 years. I was suspicious, and then I gave, and then the Spirit gave my soul language. So through God's healing power, he was able to replace this lie that if he doesn't do something, people get hurt. To replace that, which had become this life strategy for him, for other things that God wanted to do through him. And one of those things included uh, being more creative. He's a, he's a music, musician, and he ended up writing uh, during this time of healing and uh, freedom that he found. He ended up writing an album. Uh, it's a progressive rock album. It's on Spotify. You can check it out. Um, it's pretty cool. I've been rocking out to it this week. And he, yeah, this, this, this um, album where uh, the cathartic moment for him after was uh, expressed in, in this creativity. This healing also led him to minister and to love others even more unconditionally, to allow God to, to ultimately be the lover of his congregation's souls and to be excited when, and empower others to lead. So because of his testimony uh, and this change of heart and, and this wonderful healing that he's experienced, he's actually now a part of this Word and Spirit learning group for the EFCA. And I've gotten the chance to share two summer retreats with this group, um, which is, has been wonderful. And I just went, I just went last, uh, two, two weeks ago with uh, Tom Montgomery, who's right there. And it was perfect timing. Yeah, raise your hand, Tom. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Higher, higher. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but we had a great time out there, and it was very encouraging. And it was right before this October um, message series and 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 uh, Gospel Academy. So I I feel like it was God's timing that that was happening right before all this. Um, yeah, wonderful stuff. This is happening at a, a national level for our congregation, which is really great. Um, so to move on to the next verse. Uh, another, to another, the workings of miracles, which we just talked about. Uh, oh, no, we're going to talk about that. Excuse me. To another prophecy, which we'll talk about on October 29th. To another differentiation of spirits. To another kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So let's focus on the workings of miracles. Again, this is a plural one. Kind of like gifts of healing was plural. Workings of miracles is plural. So these are, this is God's ability to supernaturally act through those who in faith seek and depend on him for a breakthrough. And breakthrough is kind of a Christianese sort of term, but I hope to, uh, you know, illuminate as, as um, you know, I would even call what Jeff experienced a breakthrough or maybe what, you know, Paul experienced was a breakthrough. And... Breakthroughs can happen, yeah, it's when God is acting and really changes something deep within you. Uh, and I think that this, yeah, this can happen uh, miraculously. I do believe and uh, know that God can do supernatural healings. It's completely within his ability to give sight to the blind, to help people with infirmities, conditions, and cancer. And all of that is possible, and, all, and God is able, and nothing is too difficult for him. I remember it was a a year and a half ago, a couple years ago, is my wife here? I don't see her. I had this thing with my ear where, it, like, my hearing went away, and I had a lot of people pray for me, 
And slowly but surely, the hearing came back, you know, and I thought that that was going to be a, a permanent loss. So God can do, I, I do believe that God can do miracles today. Um, and, and if we look in the book of Galatians, Galatians 3, 5, it says this, they experience miracles also, not just Corinthian church. It says, does he who supplies you the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So Paul is asking them if these miracles are done in the, in the strength of human or by the spirit and by faith. So I know that this is a controversial issue and to expand the definition of workings of miracles, I want to um, help us think about how faith is connected to this. And so I want to say that um, the Bible calls the gospel the power of God. So this workings, um, th- this word uh, power is actually the, the, the word d- dynamis or power, like kind of, you know, where we get the word dynamite. Sometimes there are moments where God just kind of, boom, does uh, amazing things. And what's cool about if we look through scripture, uh, there are different ways that we see the power of God and working. One of them is in Romans 1 and 1 Corinthians 1.24. The gospel is actually the power of God, it says, unto salvation. So we can think of faith in the good news as the power of God, one of these um, dynamic uh, experiences. Um, the Bible also says that when a person is having a hard time, when they're suffering, and they still serve others in the midst of that suffering, it is the power of God in them that's doing that. You can look up 2 Corinthians 13, 4 later. And the Bible also speaks of the power of God as the resurrection life in every believer. The ability to say no to temptation, to say yes to God, the ability to live out his will. Uh, And to share what I mean about this power is uh, in 2 Timothy 1, 8 says this, is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, Paul, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So sometimes I think we limit uh, this idea of workings of miracles to the more what we'd call spectacular things. But actually, if we think about faith, it is a spectacular thing. If we think about people suffering and being persecuted for their faith and still serving others, that is a spectacular thing. Um, So again, I I do believe that God heals. I would love to see more healing. That would be amazing. It's not something that I see, you know, as regularly as I would love to. but, um, but, But also, God works in these ways also. Um. Yeah. So more could be said, but uh, you can join us on Wednesday nights, too. We're going to talk a little more about some of those things. So this last one that we're going to mention today is the differentiation of spirits. So in verse 10, it says, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. And we will go into more in in depth in our Wednesday, but this is basically the God-given ability to recognize what is of the Holy Spirit, what is the work of another spirit, whether demonic or human. Um, And uh, just how God is a triune God, Father, 
Spirit and Son, there is also an unholy trinity out there. <laughs> it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And if those words are too Christian knees for you, uh, another way to think about it is that which is sociological, that which is psychological, and that which is supernatural. So uh, the person who has this gift helps people navigate through some of the other voices that might be around. And it's really helpful for, to have this gift around us, right? Because it helps others understand what might otherwise be confusing or misleading. It's a way to help keep teaching pure and help, keep, help the church body stay pure. And one, one really tangible example of this is, um, you know, you, you, you may have heard of this term zeitgeist. Has, does anybody know that term? Yeah. Uh, zeitgeist is like means spirit of the age or spirit of the time. And many times throughout church and, and throughout our, our, you know, throughout history, there, there is a zeitgeist, a spirit of the age. And a lot of times it sweeps through the church as well. And in order to have people discern, hey, what about that spirit of the age is good, bad? Maybe it's not all good. Does the church need to adopt all of that? You know, the discernment of spirits actually helps in that. And, and it gives, uh, you know, gives validity to the good ideas and maybe, you know, does away with that, which is not good. Um, Paul's letter to this, the, in the second letter that he's going to write to the Corinthians, uh, he, he fleshes this out more. He says, um, he says, the spirit, excuse me, the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption that sets up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So the gift of discernment helps us understand what is from God and what might need to be done away with. And just how Dave Monk had this you know, gift that eventually became this mindset, um, the, the, I believe that this gift is also similar in that uh, you know, Hebrews 5.14 says this, Solid food is for those who are mature, those who have, been, have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Uh, there's, yeah, there, there, there are a lot of counterfeit kinds of Christianity out there. And we need to be, un, we need to be really uh, steeped in scripture. We need to have, be steeped in wise community to see what kinds of things are actually from Jesus and what kinds of things are, are not from God, you know. Uh, I think that there, th this is a very, very helpful, helpful gift. Um, with really practical implications. Um, verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So it, Paul is, is concluding this, this 11, these 11 verses by saying, hey, it's one and the same spirit. It's God. It's, tr the, tri it's the Trinity. It's Father, Spirit, Son. You know, he's going to be harmonious in how he acts, it's not going to be, you know, chaos and chaotic. Um, it's, it's the same God. And he's the one who gives to each individually. So all of us are that recipient or those recipients as he wills. So this is wonderful because it's not in our own power. We're not conjuring or mustering things up. We're not doing things on our own strength. 
We're not wielding. <laughs> I had this uh, little phrase, don't, we don't wield, we yield. Yield, yeah. Um, I thought that was helpful for me. I, I like little nuggets like that that help me think. Like one of them is um, worship the giver, not the gift, right? Um, so a couple of ideas for us in terms of application is uh, making space for God to move. Are we allowing God to move in our lives? Are we doing that in our own personal life? Or are we, or in our corporate life, are we more comfortable with our traditions and our own desire and our own comforts from, uh, is, are those things keeping us from something more that might, God might have? Are there things that God wants us to hand over to him to replace with his desires? Um, no, no person is giftless. We should expect that our Christian life and our corporate worship should be full of the activity of the Holy Spirit, right? It's more than just gathering and singing and learning. It's more than just sitting in your seat. These moments are holy. These moments are opportunities for God to use you to bless your body. All of us are connected here. Um, we are all essential for God to work in this time, place, and season. And as we share our gifts, our brothers and sisters, we will all be encouraged also. And again, the, the, the wonderful thing is that there's no pressure um, because these things are God-empowered. The only pressure or, or you know, caveat is that we would be submissive, we would be open, seeking, asking God for, for permission. Uh, we don't have to pretend, which is great. We don't have to manufacture things. We don't have to be afraid. We, don't, we have God's word to guide us if we have questions or there are things that we don't understand. Uh, we don't wield. We don't, yeah, we yield. yield. Um, so, and all these things are to know God better, right? Our growth in God never stops. It starts at salvation, you know, ends for, you know, keeps on going forever. But these things are ways that we can know God better. Know that he is active today. Know that he, he sees you wherever you are today. You know, just like the testimonies we've been sharing. These are people that were, you know, mature. People had read scripture. And God yet wanted to encourage their faith a little more. So what are the things that God wants to encourage us right now a little more in? Are there things that we carry that... Uh, God sees, and he's telling you, hey, I see you, and you don't have to carry that burden right now. He knows exactly what you're going through. You know, Paul and Jamie, my friend Jeff, uh, Dave, their experiences in the, in the gifts of word of wisdom, healing, and faith, they all end up glorifying God and making his love known and increases all of our faith. So... Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little extended time of response, and there are some prayer prompts for us oh, before I do that. Um, yeah, so one prayer that we can just corporately do now is like, God, show us the ways that you'd like for this to happen. Show us, Lord, what are the ways that our corporate gathering could do this, our home groups, our homes, um, God is the one who gives us what we need. 
And in what ways do we need God as Solano Community Church? What are your desires, Lord, for us now? And we're going to have some prayer, prayer prompts. And uh, during communion, we're going to have, I, I would love to have the prayer team or anybody who wants to pray for somebody up here to pray with you. Um, but let, let these prayer prompts kind of, let's sit in these for a little while. So the first one is, Holy Spirit, what are specific ways that we can make room for your gifts? What are ways that we can make room for your gifts? Uh, question number two is, are there any ways that you want to use me today, right now? God, is there something, is there some encouragement that you want me to share with somebody here in this place? How can I or we be more submitted to your will? God, would you show us, what, where are those areas where you want us to grow? Lord, oh yeah, how can I grow in your gifts to impact others for your glory? How can we grow? How can we hone in some of those things? and be useful today. Yeah, Solano, I'm excited. I'm excited for, uh, to see God grow. I think we really need God in all of the fullness. Uh, I was at a gathering this Friday. We could leave those prayer prompts up. Um, and it was a gathering where multiple churches were there, uh, represented. And, you know, collectively we shared you know, some of these things that we've been talking through, some of the things they've been learning. Um, I know Reality SF is going through this whole series called the Unseen Realm. You know, um, you know, the Bible says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And, uh, and Berkeley and this area is, they, there, are, there are things that we're contending against that are not possible to do in our own power, in our own strength, in our own intellect, and there, even within our congregation, you know, um, there might be ways, you know, that God wants to touch your life that will, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking even really, really simply, like, it could even save you money. Let, like, let's say my friend Jeff went to counseling for 15 years, and in the power of, you know, human strategy, 50, it took him 15 years to figure that out. But God wanted to touch his life sooner than that. He had something for Jeff. Um, you know, just like this Zechariah verse was, was ministering to Paul in the deep places of his heart where he was having insecurity about ministry. What things are we carrying? What things are, 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 are we as individuals and as a church, things that God wants to speak to? What, what wounds from the past does he want to heal? What, what hopes does he want to give you? What kind of... Uh, you know, what kind of joy does he want to replace uh, that maybe you've been carrying sorrow for a long time? Um, I think I'm excited to see how God will continue to do that among us. And the wonderful thing is that uh, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 13. If you've never read that passage, it frames all this stuff in the context of love. Love is the means and the, the, the goal, for these gifts. It's not to flex. It's not to, you know, think of ourselves as more. It's actually to love one another better. And um, yeah, so that's it. That's all I have today. And, and I'm, 
Yeah, maybe we can leave these prayer prompts as, as you lead us in a time of communion. And, want, and Violet will, will lead us in that. And then we'll have a prayer time. And we'll have some extended uh, response with music. So take advantage of this time. Just ask God in the privacy of your own heart. Hey, is there somebody in the room that you might you know, want me to share something? And just be open. Yeah. And um, if God is doing something, just pray about it. If, you're, if you have questions about that, Ask somebody wise, hey, I've got this thing. Like, how could I say this in a way that is loving? Um, if, the, if it's sensitive, like, Lord, show me how you might want to share this to this person. Uh, yeah, all of that is, is available to us. So thanks, Violet. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Miguel. So um, I'm going to open up.